Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Secret Cabinet the following is based on a true story. A man drives through a deserted area. His GPS navigation system advised him hours ago to leave the highway. Now it stoically only shows the information the presentation may look reversed and a frozen map of the Brandenburg wasteland. Fog is getting thicker. This is how horror movies start. And in this area, the folk are known to be a superstitious sort of people. Well, at least in the past. He is just passing the town sign of Kiritz on the Knutter. Here, archaeologists found years ago remains of a late medieval bathhouse. Only a few yards away, they found an intact pot buried deep in the ground, which had been virtually sealed with lead strips crossed over them. The ribbons bore inscriptions with letters and symbols whose meanings have not yet been deciphered. The pot was empty. Did the villagers once want to put something in the vessel which they considered dangerous? And if so, where were its contents now? The flashing of his fuel gauge rips him out of his musings. Where should he find gas station now? There's another sign out of the fog in front of him. Kampel. He decides to pull over and ask someone in the village for a gas station. When he gets out of the car, he sees an open door a few doors away where a light is on. He approaches it, enters, and realizes, with a bit of a fright, that he is standing in a tomb. In front of him is a casket, an open casket, in which a man lies. His skin is dry, leathery, his mouth slightly ajar with a sardonic grin. But otherwise he's not decayed. His thin hair sticks to his forehead, his hands folded over his stomach. When the surprised visitor takes a step back, a voice suddenly croaks in his ear, young man, if you want to see the night Kalbutz, it costs two euros fifty. Welcome to the Halloween edition of The Secret Cabinet. You guessed it already, maybe. The unintentional tomb visitor was, well, the creator of the show, the Budler. That day, he had suddenly stumbled upon the tomb of Knight Kalbutz, who lies there since 1702, but his corpse never corroded. From the owner of the previously mentioned voice, which turned out to be a feisty uh, supervisor, Budler let him explain the story of Christian Friedrich Kalbutz, sometimes called Kalbutz, and the facts are quickly told. 
Christian Friedrich von Kalbutz, or Kalabutz, was born on March 6, 1651, in the Brandenburg town of Kampel, three years after the end of the Thirty Years' War. A war so devastating and such a force of change to the borders of the European political map that some historians speak of this as the actual First World War. As a member of the lowest level of the landed gentry, he, the knight, like many others, sought the opportunity of further social advancement in the military. In 1675, he fought as a cornet, a banner-carrying Junker of the cavalry in the famous Battle of Fairbelin on the side of the victorious cavalry against Friedrich, Prince of Hamburg, and the Brandenburg elector Friedrich Wilhelm, who, after the victory over the Swedes, was called the Great. The Invincible Army, defeated by the Swedish King Gustav II, Adolf, had been defeated. 2,000 Swedes lost their lives, while only 218 were killed on the Brandenburger side. For Kalbutz, the battle is less lenient. He is so severely wounded in the knee by a Swedish pikeman at Hakenberg that his military career is over. For his services, he received the estate Kampel as an inheritable estate. At least now he must have married the daughter of an old established Brandenburg nobility, von Rohr, named Margaret. With her, Kalbutz had 11 children. Christian Friedrich died on the 3rd of November, 1702, presumably due to a hemorrhage after a presumably long illness, and was buried in the tomb of the village church Kampel. So far, so good? No one would remember him, if not in 1783 the lineage of Kampel would not have died out. The estate of Campbell would not have changed hands several times in the following year, so the new owners would not have excavated the tomb in 1794, and the coffins, which had been there above ground, in consecrated ground, when the coffins were opened, it was discovered that the corpse of Knight Kalbutz, unlike the other dead, was not decomposed. Well, the other dead decomposed the body of the knight was not touched. Those are the facts. The local population, of course, quickly came up with an explanation why the knight was not decayed. A curse, be it, had been the fate of the sinful nobleman. He cursed himself, for you see, in 1690, his maid Maria Lepin had sued him. He is said to have killed the shepherd Pickert, her fiancé, and in revenge, since Mary had denied the kabutz the Lus Premia Noctis, that is, the right of the first knight. In addition, there had been dispute over the grazing rights, by the way. At the trial in neighboring Dritz, near Neustadt, the knight was able to free himself from the charge by taking a cleansing oath. He swore, if I'm the murderer, then God wants my body never to go bad. And since this was perjury, Kalbutz was from now on cursed by his own words. Now, as a restless undead, he also sneaks from time to time from his grave. At the point where Kalbutz killed the shepherd Pickert, the so-called Schwenzenbrücke, a bridge, at Lake Bukwitza, midnight strollers crossing the bridge are occasionally attacked by a heavy load that seems to spring up from behind. The more you resist its weight, the heavier it becomes. Only when you are far enough away from the bridge, the load again lightens. Even horse-drawn carriages who want to cross the bridge at midnight apparently just stay there for no reason. 
Some strange events are associated with the French occupation of the region around 1806, when, for example, French soldiers allowed themselves a macabre joke and wanted to nail Calbots to the cross of the village church. Calbots's hand suddenly shot out and slapped the soldier, who struck straight with a hammer. A French officer who had taken the corpse from the coffin, mocked and spit at it, had him put back in the coffin, and demanded mockingly if he was capable of haunting, he should visit him at night in his quarters. The next morning, this French officer was found dead in his bed with his neck turned completely upside down. The officer's room had to be broken into because it was locked from the inside. The soldiers, who first took revenge upon the people, realized that nobody in the village could have done the deed. No human offender, anyway. So far, the legends that have multiple weaknesses in its logic. For one, there is no such thing as the right of the first night, meaning noblemen could sleep with a freshly married woman the first night, probably neither in the Middle Ages nor an early modern period, although there are few sources that seem to mention such a law of the court masters, meaning the noblemen could sleep with their serf's white wife on the first night of marriage, they have often turned out to be either later forgeries or legal offenses in the Age of the Enlightenment, the alleged right to justice was often used as an example of the barbaric Dark Middle Ages and its human-loathing customs, or as a criticism of nobility and feudalism in general. In addition, in the Middle Ages, marriage was considered a holy sacrament, the virginity of the bride as a high-valuable good. That custom would certainly have been criticized by the church. The peasants, who in 1525 rebelled against the estates of their landlords, did not mention any jus primia noctis in their demands. Not that they had made any use of it, but the peasant uprising was quickly replaced by a much better military-drilled mercenary who massacred the armies of the princes. As an erotic fantasy, however, this idea has lasted for a long time. It has flowed into works such as Mozart's Di Figaro or even films like Braveheart. The incorruption of the corpse, moreover, was traditionally a sign of holiness, not a curse. Therefore, this oath in court of the knight Kalbutz would have made no sense, especially since the punishment would have occurred long after his death and those involved. Pretty pointless for a purifying oath. What really happened to the body, then? The question has already been asked by such famous doctors as Rudolf Virchow and Ferdinand Sauerbruch, who examined the body. Even an x-ray examination at the Berlin Charité in the, eight, in the 1980s brought little more light into the dark. Kalbutz is probably a naturally dried mummy created by a combination of several factors. On the one hand, Kalbutz is said to have been ill and had suffered from tuberculosis or lung cancer, which would explain the traditional hemorrhage, the wasting of the body, along with proper storage in the double oak coffin, which was surrounded by enough air to allow the moisture to drain away from the corpse, could have resulted in it becoming leathery. Insects and worms, which could further decompose the corpse, did not approach the dead because of the way they were stored above ground in a tomb. In addition, Kalbutz died in winter, which could be another factor that facilitated the mummification by dry freezing. There are certainly other mummies of this kind in this way. Apparently, 11 Ilmersdorfer mummies were created, which date from the period between 1748 and 1821, and today represent a tourist attraction in the Brandenburg Ilmersdorf. In contrast to Kalbutz, the clothing of the dead is 
far better preserved there, in remarkably good condition. Kalbutz will probably have lost his clothes gradually as a result of the fact that he was often been taken out of the tomb. He was hailed as a wedding jester in the marriage bed of the newlywed bride in 1913. Schoolboys, I approve of this, once kidnapped him and took him to the roof of the school. At the beginning of the 20th century, he also spent some time in the waiting room of a doctor from Neustadt, who returned him after his patients fainted at the sight of him. In the 1930s, students, again, stole one of his boots, but later returned it with a note after misusing it as a drinking vessel at a party. <coughs> Germans. In addition to the boots, the knight still has a cap and some cloth remains left, which are interpreted as medals, but in my opinion, could also be belt straps that have been attached to the corpse for the transportation of the corpse every now and then. Even the ghost stories are partially explainable, because, for example, well, there's a common tale of corpses who sit up. Auf Hokazage, in German, this genre of legend even has a name. It's a common legend which is told in large parts of Europe. The, the sudden onset of the nocturnal hiker load over the bridge, which gets heavier, um, could be a fabulously processed experience of, like, a panic attack or even heart attacks, some psychosomatic panic, which is then resolved after some time, all by itself. But the Leather Knight had almost come out of his tomb, shortly after the reunification of Germany, in a dispute which arose as to who the knight belonged to, the community of Kampel, or the church itself in which he lay. The mayor had already planned the arbitrary kidnapping of the corpse, and to be taken to the nearby fire department, so it would no longer be on church property. But only a legal agreement solidified the status quo. The knight, his crypt, and the village church remain in the possession of the church, which give them the right since 1992 to also generate tourist income from them. So, Kalbutz, stay calm. Your stay in the crypt is assured. And if you should haunt, well, come on over and prove to me that... Wait, who's at my door at this hour? I better cut all this out later. Happy Halloween. This show is originally called Das Geheime Kabinett from the Budla, and I'm Travis Dow, your humble translator. Check out podcastnick.com for all of our latest shows, especially our newest past access. Thank you for listening. <laughs>